0: 好<音声> You are.
1: Church near you, Grand Prix signups. simply have to be expired. No? Are you worn out? Are you used up? We're just getting started. This is Christmas Day. We're praising the Holy God. I know you probably Christmas shopped, maybe cooked, ran around town. Some of us ran around town finding out what stores were closed last night. I heard that story this morning. Right? We've done a lot. But we're not done. We're just getting started. So it's Christmas Day. You just have to be inspired. Yes? Alright, what do you got? Let's hear it. How has the Lord worked this week? It's been amazing. Go.
2: So, uh, probably heard this sermon before, the greatest story it's ever told, but I'm just going to call it One Night Only. I was just thinking about, and I'm not, glory to God, but I've been able to share the gospel through so many movies. Uh, Spider-Man 3, uh, The Matrix. Every time I watch a movie, I'm just like, God, can you speak to me? And I'm just like, yeah, that's so awesome. I could see God in this. I could see him trying to share his message to this. But I just want to talk about with all those movies, they're, they're fiction. They, they, they have a great story, but here we got a true story. And I say story, I mean a real story um, that one night only, if you didn't know this, angels in the Bible just don't show up. They show up for a message. They, they, they appear, and people are on their knees. Uh, they sacrifice to him, so they say, Hey, don't kill us. Uh, God sent an angel of death to destroy a, a, a city. But we can talk about that later. Was it wasn't God was trying to kill everybody? There was a reason for it. But the idea is these angels are super major, powerful. And they don't just show up, and there's angels here every day. And I would also say, out of, I'm just going to say ignorant faith. And I'm say it's wrong faith. People are blessed. There are miracles. There are healings from angels. Because if someone calls on something by God's grace and mercy, people are going to be healed. There is the favor of God. It doesn't change who God is, how gracious and good He is. So that night, and the, the, the shepherds were just watching their flocks at night. Literally just watching the flocks. They were just there. And all of a sudden... A multitude of angels appeared out of the sky. They, they saw them. You don't get to see angels. Like I said, this is one night only. This will be the only night the angels itself, they weren't here to boast. or they, they. I believe they were even created for this day just to come out and say, Glory to God in the highest. The Son of David, Christ the Savior, is born. Peace and goodwill to all men. And they just start singing. There's... There could be thousands, multitude could be 10,000 upon 10,000, who knows how many there are. And the shepherds are just watching this one time only because you don't see any more angels come out. You haven't seen them for 2,000 years for anyone to come out in a multitude. I mean, these are angels. This isn't like, you know, when we come out and have a concert and sing amazing songs, it's really cool and stuff. But these are literally God's creation singing a song to proclaim the birth of a Savior. And so I just wanted to encourage us today, and just a reminder. That's why I call it One Night Only. This was the greatest gift that God could ever give of Himself. He gave His Son to be born as a babe in Bethlehem. And to anyone that would call on His name. And so I just wanted to say Merry Christmas to y'all. I love this story because there's no story like this. You could never rewrite the story. And if you did that story, you could never change that day that he came to shepherds. Shepherds were the least of the people, not because he could have come anywhere. People had seen the sky lit up, but they got to see a concert like they have never seen before. And it probably didn't last very long because they just shared a message and, boop, gone. But they were able to see a message, and today we can declare that message today. So Merry Christmas to all New Heights family.
1: Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Alright, who else? Are you inspired? I hope you've been at least looking at the Christmas story this week. Earlier this month, we went thoroughly through it in the sermons, and I was very blessed. And then right up to last night, the anticipation. We talked about the anticipation. And if they were anticipating his coming, then Christmas is the day that we celebrate his coming. But it is not the first time that Jesus visited the earth. It is not the first time that Jesus was involved in creation. He was... He was involved in everything that was created at the beginning. You can read about that in John chapter 1. Nothing was made except that which was made through him. Praise God. And he is the full embodiment, the full glory, the full awesome presence of God as a man on earth. We are blessed. Anyone else have something you'd like to share? We're going to pray. All right. Brother Tim, would you pray for us then as we transition we'll do tithes and offerings and a little more worship? Let's pray with Tim. 来来来来 Uh, I'm going to read, this is Isaiah 9-6, which is a prophecy about the coming of Jesus that was written almost 700 years before he was born. And I'm going to read a, a, read a phrase from it, and then I would like you to read, say back to me, His name is Jesus. Okay? So let's practice that one time on a count of three. Ready? One, two, three, go. His name is Jesus. Karina, you with me? Don't be too distracted by that phone now. Okay, all right. So I'm going to read the phrase, and then I want you to say it back to me. His name is Jesus, each time, all right? This is Isaiah 9:6, broken down. First one says, for a child will be born for us. His
0: name is Jesus.
1: Thank you, very good, that was good. A son will be given to us.
0: His name is
1: Jesus. Thank you so much. And the government will be on his shoulders.
0: His name is Jesus.
1: Very good, nice and loud. He will be named Wonderful Counselor. His
0: name is Jesus.
1: Mighty God, eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Thank you very much. Interestingly enough, in the middle of that verse, it says he will be named, and then it says Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. But we know that his name is Jesus. Those, Those are titles like Doctor or Father Right? And so they are uh, showing us really a, the character about him, what we need to know about who he would be. And then when he is born, he is given the name Jesus. All right, we have one more activity that we're going to do. I'm turning the page, but we have one more activity that we're going to do before we start. And for that, I will need a volunteer. So I need somebody to volunteer to come up here. All right, come on up here. Is it Ashley? Did I say that right? Okay, so we're going to have a little game, okay? So in my pocket, I have two sets of locks. You don't have to come on stage. I'll okay. come down to you, okay? All right. All right. So this is going to be your set when you can count the locks. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. And then how many keys?
0: Five.
1: Right. There are actually 10 total, but there are two copies of each one, yeah. right? Okay. So now the, tri- the interesting thing is each lock has its key locked to it. See it? Yeah. Okay. So she's, I'm giving her five locks. You take those five locks and Seven. ten keys. And then I have a bag here. Are you, uh, how old are you?
0: 36. 36. Thirty thirty probably five. everybody.
1: Okay. All right, I have five also. Yeah. simple math. And I have sets of keys on each one. Each one of mine has two keys as well. You can see that So basically these are identical locks and keys to hers. but the, uh, Presumably the keys are different, but the locks are identical. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to race. I'm going to open my five locks and you're going to open your five locks. Are you ready? Yeah. So presumably, what are you going to use to open the locks?
0: Um, the keys. The
1: keys. Okay. So, um, do you think maybe one of the other keys will work in, like you can do it like this. You can take yeah. the key here and work on it. I bet. I bet you might be right. Are you ready? to yeah. Go. On your yeah. mark. Get set. Go. Okay, I got my five locks. Here we go. Done. Okay, try again. Did you get one yet? No. Mm-hmm.
0: Nothing. I'm, I'm over two, how about you? <laughs> nothing. Nothing?
1: Wait, <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh, she's got one. <laughs> I'm running behind. Uh, I got nothing. Now I'm getting mixed up here. How many got now? Still one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. This this key better work or I'm in trouble. Darn it! It's, it's, okay. it's the old one. It doesn't matter. You're still sure. <laughs> in. Oh, I got one. I got one.
0: Woo! I got two.
1: Oh no! I got two. Oh! I'm catching up. It's a race now. We're it's on, baby. Three. Look at that. i I'm gonna have a problem at the end. <laughs> oh no! Now, what? This is the only key that worked. (coughs) I've got to take the key off the ring. Oh, no! It's going to be close. Okay, keep the key off. This is the only key that
0: worked. Fine. Congratulations,
1: (laughs) you win. Congratulations. Very good, very good. All right, thank you. We'll just leave those there. there. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. Keys and locks, they come in many forms. Uh, This morning, I wanted to go on the Verizon website, and they had to send me an email, and it says, do you allow or disallow this person to get on the website using your email address? It's called uh, multi-factor authentication, which means a lock. (laughs) That's what it means, okay? And so I said, I allow, and then uh, because he put in the wrong password, he still didn't get in, because a password also is a lock, right? There are lots of different kinds of locks, and there are lots of different kinds of keys. Okay. Sometimes you say please to someone and they're more likely to give you what it is that you're asking for because please is the key. And politeness is both a key and a lock. Oh wait, now we've discovered that sometimes things are keys and locks, right? Sometimes they're both keys and locks. So that's pretty interesting. So we're going to look today at the key and lock that all of the other keys and locks are pointing towards. Okay. All of creation has keys and locks everywhere you look. And they're all pointing toward one. Would you grab your Bibles and go with me? Maybe give me a hoot, a holler, an amen, as we go to Luke chapter two. Woo-hoo! Thank you for those of you who participated. Did anybody not get to? They wanted to, but they didn't know they were supposed to yell right there. Okay, we'll do it again. Ready? We're going to Luke chapter two. Woo-hoo! All right. Still, I think it was uh, I heard somebody new. Okay, we're good. We added one person. Okay, we're good. Luke two twenty one. This is the word of God, which amazingly enough is God's very very inspired method of pointing us to the locks and keys of the universe in particular this one okay so we're just going to use one verse from Luke chapter 2 i will tell you that this is the story of the birth of Jesus and we did study it earlier this month we went through all of these verses and now we're going to hone in on one moment in time okay and it is the one kind of that we didn't read because we didn't quite go that far and it is Luke 2:21 all right. So in Luke 2.21, it says this, When the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus. And it's in great big all capital letters. J-E-S-U-S. All in caps. He was named Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. She named him Jesus, and it says right in there that she named him Jesus because he was given that name, as we know, by the angel Gabriel before he was conceived. This name, Jesus, it's it's his name, and it is a key. This name, Jesus, was given to him, chosen by God. Gabriel the angel, in just a few verses before, in Luke 1, verse 30, it says, back over here, the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus, all in capitals. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord of God will give him the throne of his father David. So she gets the prophecy that she will have a son, and that his name will be Jesus. Okay, Bible scholars, what does the name Jesus mean?
2: God saves.
1: Very good. It's actually Jehovah or God saves. That's what it means. Okay? And so, what does the name Jehovah mean? Does anybody know? That's tougher, isn't it? So Jehovah is actually, and I'm going to mess up the word, but it's a, I won't even try it, but it's a... It's a um, a shifting of the word Yahweh. Now, you know what that word means, right? That is the personal name of God, and it literally means I am, right? Now, wouldn't you love to have a name? I mean, you probably wouldn't because then you'd be God and you don't have the powers of God, and So, you know, but if not, wouldn't it be cool to just say I am and everybody knows who you are? I wish that were so even of God. But God's name, I am, Yahweh, is then shifted and it's the Latin version, we get Jehovah. And it actually is uh, phonetically sound, it's got a three in it, of all things. It's like D3, E, and then what we'd say was an H, and then it's an O-U. So it's actually, in the Latin, Jehovah. Jehovah. It's a stretched out U, like Jehovah, almost like Jehovah, but not. Okay, And it's the Latin version of the word Yahweh. It is the proper name of God. And they never say, Jews never say Yahweh or Jehovah, either one. They say Adonai, which is Lord. And it is, kind of comes over from the Greek, uh, transliterated sort of through the Greek, and it means Lord. And it is the Lord. And Jehovah also means the Lord, the one, the only God. Okay? This is God we're talking about, the Creator God. When you see Yahweh in the New Testament, you will see it translated capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. It is the Lord, the Creator God, who started it all, who was before creation began, before anything existed, He existed, and He created it all. That's the God. I am God, says God. And Jehovah saves, says Jesus. Jesus. God gave him the name Jesus. He gave it through first the angel Gabriel, but then on the eighth day when he went to be circumcised in the temple, Mary and Joseph told them that he would be named Jesus. Isn't it great to know that Jehovah saves? Boy, it would be awesome if there was only ever one Jesus, wouldn't it? But it isn't so. There have been other men named Jesus. In fact, for a long time in Mexico, it was quite common to name people Jesus, named after Jesus. Probably meaning the same thing, Jehovah saves. And it is a great thing to know that Jehovah saves. So you can reverse it. You say, wouldn't it be great if we were all named Jesus? So that everywhere you went, you'd be saying, Jehovah saves, Jehovah saves, Jehovah saves. Which is true. Except it would not be great, would it? If we were all named Jesus, because then how would you call your kids? Say, you gotta clean your room, son. Jesus? No, the other Jesus. No, not that one. The other Jesus. Come clean your room. Right? That would be extremely confusing. Right? So we can't all be named Jesus. But there have been a lot of Jesuses. There were even other Jesuses in Jesus' day. Well, I tried to say that three times fast. Right? Other Jesuses <laughs> in Jesus' day. Right? So there were other Jesuses in Jesus' day. I did say that pretty well. I <laughs> Okay. Anyway, the point is there were others, and so you got to be clear about who this Jesus is. This is the Jesus whom God gave the name Jesus through the angel Gabriel, and he was born to a virgin in Bethlehem. lived a sinless life in life. I can't even say that. lived a sinless life, and eventually died on the cross. This is that Jesus who died on the cross, but did not stay dead. rose again on the third day. He had a fairly colored life. Good things and bad things happened. It was difficult at times. They came to him for healing when he was tired. They came to him for, for teaching when he was tired. He got away alone by himself. He would go to the Garden of Gethsemane into wilderness places and spend time alone with God. He's forty days he fasted in the wilderness. Led there by the Holy Spirit. Forty days he fasted. Tempted then by the devil himself. This is our Jesus. And God gave him his name before he was ever conceived ever know anybody picked out baby names before the baby was conceived? I mean somebody, yeah. You know, thinking kind of romantically, I think if I ever had a boy he'd be named. Uh, we did that. I, I had a plan to name my firstborn son Jason. Could have been Jason, Aaron. You could have been Jason. But no. Jason Daniel. And now we see the problem. right? Yeah, it worked out, didn't it? Yeah, but she spelled it wrong. But it's okay. We, we love him anyway. His middle, name, his middle name Daniel? No? See? There you go. I had, a, I had a plan to name all my grandsons Daniel. That was my plan. It hadn't happened yet. <laughs> anyway, God gave her the name before he was conceived, and then she gave it at the baptism, and his name was chosen by God. He is that Jesus. Notice then, his name is a key. His name is a key. Go with me if you're following along in your Bibles. We're going to use a number of verses today. Uh, not, not, a, not a big number, but it's a good solid. Probably about five total. And we're going to look briefly at Hebrews chapter one. Okay, so in Hebrews in the New Testament, you're going to go way out to the right. Not too far. don't want to go into Revelation. We'll be in the end times before you know it. Okay, we going to go out to the right of Hebrews. Somebody want to come find it in my Bible up here? In a minute, I'm going to have to use the table of contents. Anybody else? Okay, there he is. Okay. Hebrews chapter 1. This is a different Bible than I normally preach out of, but that's no excuse. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 1. Look at verse 4. It's, it's, it's power packed, right? It's talking about Jesus. Which Jesus? This Jesus, who received his name before he was conceived, who was born to Beth, in Bethlehem to a virgin named Mary and her betrothed husband. He, did mar- he had married her by the time that Jesus was born, but he had not married her by the time that Jesus was conceived because he's not Jesus' father. Okay? God is Jesus' father. But Mary and Joseph... Gave him his name, Jesus, on the eighth day in Jerusalem. They fled to Egypt. They returned. They uh, settled in Nazareth. We know who this Jesus is. God gave him his name before he was born. This is that Jesus. And his name is a key here in Hebrews chapter 1. He's talking about that Jesus. And in verse 4 it says, So he became higher in rank than the angels, just as the name he inherited is superior to to theirs. God elevated Jesus' name. In fact, you could almost say that God had elevated Jesus' name from the beginning of creation. Go back to verse 1 of that, and here it goes. It says, Long ago God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In other words, God's been revealing the key all this time. In these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, and through whom He made the universe. He is the radiance of His glory... The exact expression of his nature, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he became higher in rank than the angels, just as the name he inherited is superior to theirs. This name of Jesus is a superior name. This name of our Jesus, the Jesus, not just any Jesus, but the Jesus whom God named, whom God sent to be the key, His name is a key. His name is a key. Look at Acts chapter 4. Going back to the left. You always find Acts right after the book of Luke. Probably because Luke wrote all that big piece, uh, back to back Luke, the book of Luke and the book of Acts, he wrote pretty much back to back and they kind of pair up nicely. So Acts chapter four, beginning in verse eight. Now, you know, this story, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Most people, most people kind of have heard a little bit of something about it. Peter and John were arrested. They healed a man, uh, you know, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. And they healed him and he got up and he could, he could walk normally and stuff and become no longer a beggar, basically, and and then they get arrested because they're preaching Jesus, and and all that's going on, and this is right in the middle of that story. In verse 8, it says, Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone despised by your builders, by you builders, who has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Now don't you wish you were named Jesus? Man, that's awesome. Now we can't all be named Jesus, and even if we were, there is only one Jesus. His name was given to Him before His birth. He was born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth, lived a sinless life, and died on a cross. He was the st- stone despised by the builders. But He had become the cornerstone, the key. There is no salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Listen to me. Don't tell people you got to believe in God to be saved because that's not how it's done. There are Muslims all over the world who say they believe in God. And they don't know Jesus And they're just as destined for hell if they do not accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And they're not the only ones. There are people all over the world. There are people all over East Toledo. All over Toledo and all the metropolitan area. And all over Ohio and all over the United States who definitely believe in God. They believe in God and everything about God. He created the universe. He loved us. He loved us so much that He sent His Son. Here's what they haven't done, many of them. They have not come to the God of the universe through Jesus. And there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. You cannot be saved by Allah. You cannot be saved by the almighty dollar. You cannot be saved by family. You cannot be saved by honesty. You cannot be saved by your hobbies or your recreation. Or even, wait a minute, you cannot be saved by your Bible. You must be saved by Jesus. Yes. And this is true because it is... Jesus, who is standing at the right hand of the Father, making eternal intercession for those who have believed in God and come to God through the name of Jesus. There are guys named Joe in heaven. And they may entreat God, and in heaven they may have what it is that they desire. But they did not die for your sins. They did not come back to life again on the third day. They are not the Savior, and they are not Jesus the Nazarene who was put to death. Primarily because people didn't like the fact that he is the key. His name was chosen by God. And his name is a key. And lastly, his name, his name, his name, capital H, capital I, capital S, his name is a lock. Oh, you ever forget your password? Third try, locks you out. Now you got to call customer service, right? Or the network password in your house. You ever forget your car keys? Like leave him in your husband's car when he drives to work, make him have to drive an hour back home. You ever do that? Nobody's ever done that, right? You ever want to make a call, reach for your cell phone? Your cell phone is the key to making a cell phone call. You need a cell phone to make a cell phone call. That's kind of how that works. You ever leave it at home? How many times did you reach for your cell phone to make a call that day and go, oh, crud, I forgot I left my cell phone at home because you're used to having the key with you. Nobody likes a lock standing in the way of what they want to do. Nobody likes a lock standing in the way of who they want to be, how they see themselves. The truth is, let's just get realistic, nobody likes a lock. I don't like the locks on my house. I don't like the locks on my car. I don't like locks. I wish I lived in a world where no locks were needed. There are parts of the world where they never lock their houses. You want to come in and take something? Just take it. You can do that a lot easier if you have nothing of value. But hear me now. This salvation of Jesus is not something of value. It is everything of value. And this Jesus, whose name is a key, His name is also a lock. Turn with me to Acts chapter 19, which will be our last passage of Scripture today. Although we will look at uh, Isaiah 9-6 in the conclusion and do that little reading again. Acts 19. So you're just basically going to the right if you had stopped in Acts 4 with me. Acts 19. And we're looking at verse 12. So... There's a kind of a sort of a revival thing going on in Ephesus. It's getting a little spark, you know. People are hearing about Jesus, and they're starting to come to God. And there are some extraordinary miracles that have happened. In verse 11, it says God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands so that even face cloths or work aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. That's pretty incredible that Paul through the power of the Lord, of course, was doing miracles when he wasn't even present. They would take a little napkin that he, you know, he blew his nose, he handed it off, and some guy could walk again. It was awesome. Verse 13 then says, Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I command you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. I think it's interesting that they did it that very specific way. They didn't say Jesus of Nazareth. They didn't say the Jesus that was crucified and rose again on the third day. But they did identify him. They identified him as the Jesus whom Paul preaches. that's really interesting, isn't it? It's clear that they don't know Jesus. They have not met Jesus. They have not come to a personal relationship with Jesus. They have not come into faith in God through Jesus. They do not know that Jesus' name is a lock. They do not really know that Jesus' name was chosen by God but they think it's a key. When Ashley and I were opening the locks, it was like, well, this key might work. This key might work. This key might work. And here are some folks who realize that Jesus' name is a key, and they're going to try to use Jesus' name to overcome some evil spirits. Do you think that they would have any success? Well, it says in verse 13, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I command you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches, seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. That word means they began in the past and they were continuing to. In the English, we say were. And by the way, that's what we usually mean, that we started doing something and we're still doing it. We were walking to the store. We left for the store. We're still walking to the store. Uh, or we can say at 2 o'clock yesterday, we were walking to the store because we had begun to walk to the store and we hadn't finished yet, right? That's what we mean when we say were. And that word there means they had begun to do it and they hadn't stopped yet doing it, meaning they probably had some success pronouncing Jesus against or over top of these evil spirits. They, had, they were continuing. It had become a process for them. The seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. The evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man who had the evil spirit leapt on them, overpowered them all, prevailed against them, so that they ran out of that house naked and wounded. This became known to everyone who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. Then fear fell on all of them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. That's probably when they moved it to all caps, you think? Like previously, it was capital J, and then just like in small esus, because the first name proper proper now, and then he moved to all cast Well, this Jesus of Nazareth, who lived, who died, who rose again. This Jesus of Nazareth, whose parents carried him off to Egypt and came back again. This Jesus, whom God gave him his name before he was born, born of a virgin Mary, lived a sinless life, tempted by the devil, but still didn't sin, died on a cross, rose again. That Jesus. Whoa, he's not just a key; he's also a lock. When we uh, started, I handed Ashley uh, five locks and, and 10 keys. And if you picked up one thing out of your hand, you have a 66% chance So I've got 10 keys and only five locks. I guess, I mean, I could use a key to open a lock. That makes some sense, right? I could I'd try one of the other keys, even though it looks like the keys are paired up and it, like the key won't reach. Like, I'll try one and see if any, and it did. That's how we were able to do it. But have you ever tried to open a lock with a lock? Oh, I mean, that's dumb. Right? I mean, that's not the way it's supposed to go. We all know that inside there's little things that this key, and some of us know how the insides work. Brother Tim knows this really well how the insides work, and some of us don't. But if you, if you don't put a key in there, or a lock pick, or a bobby pin, you know, or something in there, that ain't going to open. And you can fiddle with this lock all day, and you, can, you might even pound it down flat and make a lock pick or a key eventually. But to get there, you're going to need a key. Opening a lock with a lock is not how it works. And so right away, Ashley was able to say, I'm going to use a key, you know, it might not necessarily be the right key, I'm going to use a key and see if one of these keys will work, and that's how we were able to do it, and we found one that would work, and I, t- I submit to you, it's because it's a small lock and a small key, and there's not much variety. But in life, there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of people going, well, I think I'm going to get there, and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to collect cars, or I'm going to collect money, or I'm going to collect a finer house, or I'm going to... Uh, belittle my children and talk to them down, like tell them how stupid they are and, and then they'll do what I tell them to do because they think I'm smarter than they are. Or I'm going to get real loud and throw stuff around, and then everybody will walk on eggshells around me, and then I'll, get people, I'll be able to manipulate people and get them to do what they want. Or I'm going to dress nice, so people, or I'm going to dress down so people won't expect and people will give me more stuff or whatever. Right? People got all these plans. There are a lot of issues in life, and you can't solve Those issues with a lock. You can only solve them with the key. And so we go, oh, well, the name of Jesus. That makes perfect sense. I'm going to follow Jesus. Right? But don't forget, Jesus is not only a key, Jesus is also himself a lock. If you forgot your password and can't get in, then you can understand that if you come to God by some other method other than the key, the lock remains locked. When you're trying to get in Google, you have to have told them what your username and password was in advance. And if you put the right username and password in, they let you in. And if you don't, they keep you out. If you personally install a lock, you go to the store and you buy a lock and they don't give you a key and then you lock your house and you can't get in, right? No, they give you a key. The key comes matched to the lock. Jesus is both a key and a lock. The problem is, those who do not know Jesus, those who do not want to themselves follow the Lord, those who do not want to be a Christian or be the kind of person that God wants them to be, they don't want to deal with the lock. They just want to do an end run. Or let's forget it, or let's batter our way through. We don't want to accept that the lock and the key are for everyone, every Jew and every Gentile. And that by believing in God, through Jesus Christ His Son, we can be saved. But in this very story, when the lock shows up, when they go, yeah, you can talk to me about Jesus if you want. Because I know who Jesus is. But I don't know you. And the next thing you know, it's a brawl. And people are running out beat up in their underwear. Right? How embarrassing. Because I tried to wield the key what I discovered was my fake faith that doesn't honor God, my, faith, my, my effort to manipulate life, my wisdom and my trickery, none of it was good enough. If I'd have humbly come before Jesus Christ and said, Lord, will you save me? And if I'd have been plugged into the Holy God of the universe through Jesus, then when I say, In Jesus' name. They know who I'm talking about. And I know who I'm talking about. And if that had happened, if those men had come to God through Jesus in advance, then they wouldn't have said the Jesus whom Paul preaches. They'd have said, Jesus who is my Lord. Jesus who is my Savior. Jesus who is God of the universe. This Jesus whom God named. We know who we're talking about. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. I know who I'm talking about. I know Jesus and I know Paul and I know you because you're a follower of Jesus. And that's what the people of Ephesus begin to do. They magnify the name of Jesus. They begin to do their work and they're speaking about Jesus. And in verse 18, it says, And many who had become believers came confessing and disclosing their practices. They stopped hiding their secret sins and started to say, I'm living for Jesus now. I don't need that anymore. And those who practiced magic collected their books and burned them in front of everyone. So they calculated their value and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. They didn't sell them at a garage sale. Sometime, some years ago, many years ago now, the Lord really convicted me in our house to give up rated R movies. And then we had a number of really good radar movies that we liked. And I'm not saying you have to do this, okay? but this was our example. I'm using an example. and We gave up radar movies. And uh, we had probably about, I'd say maybe 15 or 20. It wasn't a big number or anything, but we had about 15 or 20 of them. And Sherry and I were riding in a car when I brought it up to her. I remember the day. And she said, well, what are you going to do with them? And I said, well, I'm just going to throw them out. And I was thinking in my head, because I, I, you know, there is a miserly side to me. Like, I don't waste money if I can help it. And uh, thinking in my head, well, I could sell them, but I thought, but if I sell the rated R movies, then while I am not a watcher of rated R movies, I become a peddler of rated R movies. And that doesn't sound right either. And so we decided to just throw them away. It was probably about, I don't know, back, this was back in the day when people actually watched DVDs. I'm guessing it was probably about $100 worth of movies. We could have sold them for 5 10 bucks 10 a piece probably. We just throw them away. And as we went through, the Lord convicted me. There was one movie that was there that has a really strong Christian message. In fact, it really spoke to me in one of the first sermons I ever preached. And we kept that movie. And so to this day, for the last, now it's been, what, 20 years, we've owned one rated R movie. Same one. And somebody's going to go, well, what is it? And if I tell you the name, then you'll know. You understand? This Jesus, this Jesus got his name before he was conceived. He was named by Mary and Joseph on the eighth day. He was born in Bethlehem to a virgin, and the angels testified of his birth the day, the night he was born. They fled into Egypt because Herod was going to kill all the babies. When they returned, when they returned, They diverted into Nazareth because of the rumors that they had heard. And he was raised there in Nazareth. He's Jesus the Nazarene, though he was really born in Bethlehem. Came on the public scene, and John testified every day, repent, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. But then as his ministry was closing out, he began to say, realize, you do realize all that I've been saying all this time is that I am not the one. But there is one among you yet who will come. And while I baptize you with water, He will baptize you with the Spirit of God. And Jesus did that. And He did miracles. And He said, if you don't believe in Me, believe in the miracles that I do. In Mark, I think it's chapter 9, there was a man who was casting out evil spirits in the name of Jesus, and by the way, doing so successfully. And the disciples told him, we told him to knock it off because he was not following with us. And Jesus said, don't worry about it. He said, don't, don't molest him. Because it's hard to do something powerful. He said a miracle is how it's translated in English, but it really means something powerful. It's hard to do something powerful in the name of Jesus. And then anytime shortly thereafter, speak badly about me. He was Jesus. Those who know him today find it hard to speak badly about him. If Jesus has done a powerful thing in your soul, If He's transformed you, born you again, started you fresh. And that's how it works, by the way, for those who magnify His name by turning from your sins and turning to God through Jesus, by refusing to worship anyone or anything else, recognizing who Jesus is, by choosing to be all in for God through Jesus, there is a new birth A sealed up heart, protected. A learning of what God desires from us. Profoundly affected. But for those who do not magnify the name of Jesus. For those who don't know which Jesus I'm talking about. not those who try to come to God by some other way. They try to open a lock with a lock or with a key that doesn't fit. There is no eternity in heaven with God. You must come to God through Jesus because his name was given to him before he was born, because his name is a key, and frankly and painfully, his name is a lock. There will never be another Jesus. No one else is coming to die for your sins before Jesus comes again to begin eternity to judge, to sort. When you get this right, choose the right man, Jesus. Choose the right God, the Son. You will be saved. You will receive the Holy Spirit. You will be profoundly affected, born again, starting essentially a new life. You will then work diligently to magnify His name every day. You will work diligently to magnify his name every day because his name was chosen by God before he was conceived. His name is a key and his name is a lock. And every other key and every password and every multi-factor authentication, all of it, every bit of security and every breach of security is all designed to point to Jesus. I will read the phrases from Isaiah 9:6 again in closing, and I'll ask you again to say His name is Jesus in between each phrase. I'm almost there. There it is. Okay. This is the prophecy written about Jesus' birth, almost 700 years before he was born, and it goes something like this. this is one of them? There are multiple. Go something like this. For a child will be born for us. Nope, we're going to do it again. Everybody ready? Mm -hmm. (sighs) Take a breath. Clear throat. Okay, here we go. For a child will be born for us. His name is Jesus. A son will be given to us. His name is Jesus. And the government will be on his shoulders. His name is
0: Jesus.
1: He will be named. Jesus. Yeah, that was good. Thank you, Larry. (laughs) Wonderful counselor. His name is Jesus. Mighty God. His name is Jesus. Eternal Father. His
0: name is Jesus.
1: And Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus. Jesus, Because Jehovah saves. And he would be the key and the lock. His name is Jesus. I'm going to ask the praise team to come forward at this time and lead us in a closing song. If you're here in this room. And you have not come to faith in God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son, then you are not saved. And you will not go to heaven when you die. Unless you right now do. Or you do between now and when you die. Why put it off? His name is Jesus. We see who He is. His lasting testimony going on 2,000 years. Named before he was conceived. Born to a virgin in Bethlehem. Fled to Egypt. Returned to Nazareth. A public ministry. Healing. Saving people from their sins. He even pronounced people sinless. Forgave them. The bread of life. Our Jesus. Will you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today? A Lord means, I recognize he has a right to tell me what to do. And I do it. And a Savior means... He paid the price for my sins. And then live magnifying His name every day until either He comes again or we die. And I'm kind of hoping for the former. But I guess I'm good either way. Because Jehovah saves. His name is Jesus. Would you stand with us and sing this song? And then if you're responding in some way, you don't have to sing. You can walk right forward, stand here with me amongst the locks and say, I want my lock opened. I want to be saved, surrendering my life to the Lord Jesus today. And then you will magnify Him every day going forward. You come and be speaking in your heart today. As
0: little children, we would dream of Christmas born all the gifts and toys we knew we find, but we never realized the baby born one blessed night gave us the greatest gift of our lives.
1: It won't matter if you think you're saved in the end. It won't matter if someone else thinks you're saved go all the way out, screaming, kicking, complaining, whining, questioning, it just matters if you're saved or not. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to save you.